And hello and welcome to this week's edition of Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Jake Novak. You can follow me all the time for hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute updates and full references to the things I'm talking about um, here on my Twitter feed at JakeJakeNY. At JakeJakeNY is my Twitter feed. Again, a lot of what I talk about on any edition of Novak Now will have a more full link to it where you can check the background, fact check me, whatever you want to do is on the Twitter feed. You can also follow me on Facebook. For those of you who are only on Facebook, a lot of my Twitter content migrates over there as well. And that's just Jake Novak, N-O-V-A-K. You can find my pages there. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things today, but they all have the same title, which is, why isn't this the, the, the real story? Why can't the people who are in charge of not only the responsibility of letting America, the American people know and the people of the world know about the most important stories, but also those who are working in the journalism business and have the responsibility to the shareholders of their newspaper or news network or website to produce a profit-making entity. Um, I have found very few cases in my lifetime where a very, very big and important story could not be presented to the public honestly, but also in a way that makes it more interesting if it isn't already just on its face. Sometimes it is and you don't need to do any tweaking of a story. Um, but what I have seen over the last several years are more and more instances of very, very important stories that have been watered down or ignored because of the mostly the political biases of the journalists who are supposed to be covering them or the, their bosses, the editors. Uh, the news directors, the owners of a network. Um, and you've heard me say a number of times here on Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network that political bias is actually number three in the list of the top biases that news, the news media has in this country. It's, it's up there, but it's really not number one. Number one is the emphasis on negative stories. So it's not just politics, although I, I do think that's the biggest motivation for some of the watering down of very important stories. But Sometimes it's also the negative bias, the bias that they would much rather go with a frightening and scary story rather than a good news story. Um, in this case, though, today I'm going to be talking about two stories that actually would fulfill the top bias. It's an example of that rare time where the political bias is so strong, it even wipes out something that you could consider to be a bad news story or an outrage story. Uh, this is an example of how... The political bias almost always gets in the way of making more money. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. I just want you to think mathematically here and logically here. We know that about half the country is conservative, Republican, not liberal, whatever you want to say. And yet there's really only one television network that caters to that half of the public, and that's Fox News Channel, right? There's also the One American News Network, OANN, which is a very nascent network. They've got a lot of kinks and bugs to work out. They are trying to get to that more conservative group. There's Newsmax, which is still a very lower budget effort. But for the most part, there's really only one television network, cable news television network, that caters to this massive swath of viewers. And no one is really, with big money, no one, no one in the major media conglomerates has really tried to compete with Fox, which is a you know, tremendous break for Fox. <laughs> um, but it, that's the political bias taking over what really should be some at least some concern over making a, a dollar or so. 
So with that in mind, I'd like to emphasize to you, and again, this is a story that you can read more fully and find out more about if you follow my Twitter feed. But I'd like to emphasize to you at this time what absolutely positively is slam dunk, obviously the number one story in America right now, that's not being covered for the most part, that's hardly been mentioned at all uh, by even the networks that politically this story works, I I think, mostly in their favor. And that would be the Fox networks and the OANN and that kind of thing. They've mentioned it, but only briefly. But to me, this should be the number one story. And when I say number one story, one of those things that breaks as a story over a course of a day or so, but then remains at the top of the news over several days. Now, of course, this is related to and part of the COVID-19 coronavirus story. If it were not a coronavirus related or very much entrenched in the coronavirus story, it could not be the number one story in America right now. Don't worry, it is. But... It is a major story that really should be getting everyone's attention and the political and you'll see why it's pretty obvious that the political biases uh, of the major networks and newspapers is the reason why it isn't even being covered very well when it would absolutely, absolutely be a jackpot of a story from a financial point of view. It would be a jackpot of a story from a journalistic integrity point of view, but it's being ignored. It's being overlooked. That is the story of the Secretary of Health of the state of Pennsylvania, a woman named Rachel Levine, who by training is a child psychologist, so I will call her Dr. Rachel Levine. She has a PhD. She's not an MD. Um, That already gives me pause. Uh, She's not the only state director of health who is not an MD. And I'm not saying that absolutely everyone who's not an MD should not be allowed to be a state director of public health or secretary of public health. I'm not saying that that's, that should be the rule per se, but it gives me pause. It gives me pause. Absolutely gives me pause. Uh, and especially when her training is in child psychology, uh, I am a huge proponent of improved focus and attention to mental health care in this country, but I don't know if child psychologists are the best people to be in charge of an entire state, especially a state the size of Pennsylvania's public health system. I don't really know if that really makes a lot of sense, but let's, let's brush some of that aside just for now because I don't think that her lack of MD medical training, MD level medical training, is the reason that she made so much incredible news this week that, again, did not quite <laughs> make the front pages, even though it should have. She was giving uh, a routine news conference in the state of Pennsylvania at the beginning of last week about the situation in Pennsylvania. And they asked her, Pennsylvania, like New York, has a nursing home situation where most of the people who have died in Pennsylvania apparently have, were, were nursing home residents, or at least a large bulk of them. This is similar to New York, where a tremendous chunk of our deaths from COVID-19 have come from people who were residents in nursing homes, also people working in nursing homes. We know that the nursing homes, sadly, but quite understandably, became a Petri dish, major, major hot point for the coronavirus. And we have a major scandal in New York involving that, and I'll get, more, I'll get to that more in a moment. But this was also a question, this is also a question and a problem in Pennsylvania. And they were asking this Dr. Rachel Levine, the Secretary of Health of the State of Pennsylvania, about 
the policies that were in in place in Pennsylvania. And it turns out that Pennsylvania had a similar policy, if not the exact same policy, disastrous policy, I might add, that New York State had in that people who were elderly people who were residents of nursing homes who had either just recovered from coronavirus at a hospital or were at risk of this kind of thing were told they had to either go back to the nursing home if they had been in a hospital or they had to stay in a nursing home if they hadn't left. And we know now that this was a terrible mistake, especially since there were so many other areas provided to other states, New York especially, but Pennsylvania as well had access to other places where they could have brought these nursing home patients outside of the nursing home. And they were not given that. They were not given that. They were told they had to stay. Secretary of Health Rachel Levine signed the order not allowing nursing home residents to leave the nursing homes if they were fearing coronavirus or anything else like that. They couldn't leave. And then it turned out during that news conference last week, she was asked and she eventually explained that she took her own 95-year-old mother out of a nursing home. Remember, this is the same time that she's not allowing anybody else out of nursing homes. She has signed their, their, their quarantine order, what it, maybe you can even call it their incarceration order, whatever you want to call it, they're not allowed out of nursing homes. But her own mother, she takes out, 95-year-old mother, she takes out of a nursing home and puts in a hotel. She knew what she was doing. She knew that her 95-year-old mother, if she stayed in the nursing home, would have a tremendous chance of dying, just like everybody else there. But instead of allowing other people to take care of the situation at their own discretion, or better yet, coming up with a better solution for places to put some of the nursing home patients to spread it out and to make sure to keep them from infecting each other and to keep it contained, she kept them there. But she took her own 95-year-old mother out, which means very, very likely she knew exactly what she was doing. I'm not going to say 100% she knew exactly what she was doing because this is not a court of law, but I would have a very easy time prosecuting that case and I'm not even a lawyer. I think it's extremely likely she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew that a tremendous percentage of the elderly people she was keeping in the nursing homes would die. And she was okay with that. Maybe she felt that that would be the best way to contain the virus overall and she was going to sacrifice these people which may make sense in a cold, hard, logical way, but ethically and legally, she did not have the right to work on that assumption. And, of course, she wasn't willing to work on that assumption and allow her own mother in the nursing home to, 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 to suffer the same fate. So she took her out. How is this not the number one story in America? I don't know. Her explanation, by the way, was lame. She said, oh, my mother, the reason why I took my mother out of the nursing home is because she wanted to be taken out. Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. It's not really a complete answer. That would get an F on, a, on, a, on an essay test, right? I don't understand how this is not the number one story in America because what we're seeing in state after state after state is the nursing homes have been the focal point of the deaths in this virus, doesn't mean it's the only place. It doesn't mean it's most of the deaths, but it's been, in some states, it has been most of the deaths. But it's been a huge, huge part of the death toll in every area where we've had deaths from COVID-19. And whereas we can talk about, and I'm willing to give many politicians, not all, but many politicians a benefit of the doubt on this one, about how they thought this might have been the right thing to do, 
and didn't realize it would lead to so many deaths in the nursing homes. In this case, with Secretary Rachel Levine, it really, really, really doesn't look like you can give her the benefit of the doubt. By taking her own mother out of the nursing home while sentencing everyone else to a virtual dance with death in their nursing home, we really can't even make that benefit of the doubt excuse for this Secretary of Health, for Rachel Levine. And yet, almost no one knows this story. <laughs> even cons- most conservatives I know don't know the story. It isn't a blue and red story, blue and red type of dichotomy story anyway, because the virus has killed us all, <laughs> has, been, has, been put, has put all of us, from whatever our political backgrounds are, or uh, at risk. But how is this not the number one story in America? And the answer is, of course, political bias. The news media is willing to blame people for the mistakes and other problems with the coronavirus, but they're pretty much only willing to blame Republicans. And Rachel Levine is a appointee of the Democrat governor of Pennsylvania. There have been a couple of Republican state senators in Pennsylvania who have called for Levine's resignation. And they called for her resignation even before all the details came out about what she did for her own mother. I suspect that movement and that push will get stronger, but the news media in Pennsylvania and nationwide will do its utmost, its utmost to keep that story from percolating and the pressure from from going on. But the news media will put more pressure on President Trump every chance they get, on any Republican politician every chance they get, even when they don't really have an honest argument. Remember, even before we knew what the results would be from Georgia and Florida opening up more fully from their economic lockdowns for coronavirus, there were many journalistic outlets that were, I wouldn't even say they were predicting a death sentence. They were just saying, this is death. They've killed all these people. And now that these weeks and months have gone by, because it's been about a month, it's been for some of the full openings in places like Georgia and things like that, there's been no follow-up on this. Now, this isn't just red and blue partisan reporting and more of the same. This is now real journalistic malpractice. The numbers are the numbers. The results are the results. They should be reported as they are. And this scandal with so many thousands of people who've had their loved ones pass away in nursing homes in the last month, for this scandal in Pennsylvania not to be on the front page of every newspaper in America and the lead story of all the networks, and again, as I said, it's not even a lead story on Fox. Fox has reported it. I'm not saying they didn't. And One America News Network, which uh, Jack Posobiech, who's a fantastic reporter, was the one who noticed this. Because the one outlet in Pennsylvania, the local news website that reported the thing that Rachel Levine did where she took her own mother out of the nursing home, even they didn't have the seichel, even they didn't have the the brains to lead with that in the story. It's part of their story about the news conference, but they bury it literally in the last couple of sentences of the story. So kudos to Jack Posobiech of of, uh, One America News Network, who's done a lot of breaking news and and broken a lot of big stories over the years. Very, very good young reporter. Um, He dug it out of the last couple of sentences of that, of that local news website story. That's how much archaeology had to be done to, find, to even make this a story, but it's still not being covered properly. It's not being looked at properly by almost anyone. It has not been covered at all by the mainstream news media networks, and Fox hasn't covered it all that much. 
And I just have to wonder about, do these people know how to make a buck? This is a true story. The facts are not in dispute. This is an, a, an explosive, this is an explosive story. And nobody seems to understand that this needs to be played up. Nobody does. Now, shifting to New York, I said I was going to talk about Governor Cuomo and the nursing home situation. Shifting this to New York, and this is a very simple segue here, a very easy bridge from the first part of Novak now here on the Nachum Siegel Network to the second. We have seen a rise, at least from some sources, in the controversy and in the calls for accountability in the way that Governor Cuomo handled the nursing home situation in this state, in New York State. We know that. We know that. We know that that's been done. And it's getting to a point where he's being asked about it a little bit more and, and all that. It's still not, however, being covered properly. A huge percentage of the deaths in New York State came from his nursing home policy. Now, he can defend that nursing home policy and say nobody really knew all the facts during the fog of the first few weeks of this pandemic, which is true. And I made a mistake. He could say that. The problem is he hasn't said that. The problem is that when he was first asked about the nursing home situation and his decisions a few weeks ago, he pretended not to know what the issue was about. So that was a lie and the beginnings of what you could call a cover-up. That's not acceptable. Again, I'm willing to accept the mistake that he made with the decision. If that wasn't, in fact, an honest mistake, I don't know for sure, but I'm still willing to give him the doubt. But I'm not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt when he pretends not to know what the, what, 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 when he was asked about it by the first reporter a few weeks ago. Then there was a lot of backpedaling about the decision here and there. About a week ago, they changed the policy and improved the testing accessibility and some of the other strict rules for nursing homes and for the people inside them, whether they were the patients or the workers. And that was something that should have been done in the first place. Okay, they seem to have learned their lesson. But there's also other evidence that has come out that doesn't make thing that don't make things look very good for Governor Cuomo. Again, I think the biggest problem is the way that he pretended not to know what the situation was. The second biggest problem is we know that at the end of last year, Governor Cuomo began to get into a dispute, a financial dispute with the organization that represents nursing home care, nursing home care and nursing homes throughout the country and in New York as well, the AHCA. When at the end of last year, towards the end of last year, Governor Cuomo announced that the state was dealing with some serious funding problems, especially when it came to Medicaid and some of its health funding situations, he basically said that it looked like he was going to have to cut a lot of the funding, the state funding for nursing homes. And the AHCA, that organization that represents those nursing homes, challenged him on that decision, and they went to a war of words for several weeks over it. And it was not resolved. Now, this makes Governor Cuomo look bad in a big way because now we know that a few months later, when COVID-19 hit, he made a decision that basically paired, cut, drastically killed off, sorry, there's just no other way to say it, a massive number of the population of New York State's nursing homes. Now, was Governor Cuomo making that decision just so that he could get back at the AHCA? I really don't think even now that that was a conscious decision on his part, but it doesn't look good. When you make a mistake that's an honest mistake that benefits 
your friends, or in this case, hurts your enemies, it's not a good look, especially when we're talking about lives, life and death. And Governor Cuomo now must answer for, most importantly, the mistake that he made in that fog of the first few weeks. He should say, I made a mistake. This was the wrong decision, and I'm sorry. He shouldn't, he needs to explain why he pretended not to know what it was all about when they first asked him about it. He should say, you know what, I really didn't want to talk about it. I couldn't come to grips with this terrible mistake I made. Now I have. It was a dishonest response on my part. I'm telling you, Governor Cuomo said this, his poll numbers would go even higher. He won't do it, though, because that's not what politicians do. But most importantly, the governor has got to get a handle on what's important and what isn't when it comes to fighting the coronavirus. And I'm not sure he does. I'm very worried, I am very worried, that New York's economic and schools lockdown, which are one and the same, by the way, you've heard me say before here on Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network, that as long as the schools are closed and there's doubt about schools reopening, we cannot have an economic recovery in New York or anywhere else in this country. If schools are closed, a tremendous amount of people in America, adults cannot work. Period. Period. And I'm not even talking about the mental and even physical challenges that that brings to children. It's really not fair to them. We are once again seeing, just like we do in every war, the young people being forced to fight and take the brunt of the of the decisions of, for the old. They, 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 the old, old men want to go to war with each other. It's like the old Vietnam War thing you used to hear. Old men want to go to war with each other, and they send the young to die off for their wars. And it's children who are dying in this economic lockdown. They're dying from not getting vaccinated for, their other, for other things, and they're dying from not going to the doctor. Uh, all kinds of other things. It's children who are really bearing the brunt of it, and children not going to school is a really cruel fate for so many of them and their parents. But I am so worried that Governor Cuomo is going to keep these lockdowns and the school lockdowns in place so that he can push this narrative that, hey, anybody of any age can die from this virus. It's, you know, that's, it's, it's an equal opportunity killer completely. And that way people will stop talking about this nursing home thing that I did that was so wrong, that really basically was a massive nerve center for the deaths in the state. Let's just keep the fear going through all the demographic groups, all age groups. Let's just pretend like this is just equally threatening everybody. Let's keep the lockdown pain going so that people don't talk so much about the nursing homes. They're talking about the schools and, and the children and Kawasaki disease and all the other ancillary things that, are, that can distract us from this nursing home disaster. And here again, the news media enables this. Look, if you're a partisan person and you don't like the fact that the news media is cheering for the other side and bashing your side... I think if that's the only thing that, that was going on here, you just have to take it. That's the way it is. You're a partisan society. We, we are certainly more partisan than we were in recent years lately. I give you that. I wish there were more attempts at being objective. But if that's all it was, if, that's, if, the, if the only connotation of all of this was, well, the, the news media is filled with a lot of liberals who are going to push their side, they're, you know, the Democrats and liberals, and there's going to be some conservatives in the news media who will push their side, and they're just kind of fighting la-di-da. If that's all that were at stake, I'd be okay with it. But folks, it's not all that's at stake. And for those of us who support the state of Israel, we know this thing that I'm about to say very well. When you have a news media that doesn't hold true, the, the, the true criminals or true people who've made mistakes accountable, just because they're on their side politically... 
It enables more bad behavior. How many times have we seen the Arab world, the terrorists get basically a pass from the worldwide news media? That enables them to do it again. If they're not going to be held to account for the reality of what they do, they do it again. And right now we are seeing Governor Cuomo not being held accountable. It's a little bit more than we did a week or two ago. Every week there's a little bit more of a question. I'm hearing a little bit more in the news media, a little bit more, especially more in social media, criticizing Governor Cuomo. But it is still nowhere near what it should be considering the mistakes and some of the dishonesty that he's been showing. And it continues even to this very day. The last news conference that Governor Cuomo had He did a little photo op where he got the nasal swab COVID test. That was part of his news conference. That's the lead story from his news conference in all the news media this morning. And let me tell you something. That's ridiculous. It's just a photo op. That's not the story. The main story is that during that rare occasion when he was asked about his terrible mistake with the nursing homes, his answer, now this is the lead story, folks, his answer, this should be on the front page of the New York papers today in addition to the Rachel Levine story, even though it's in Pennsylvania. His answer was, well, these are old people who are going to die anyway. How is that not the lead story in all the New York local news right now? But no, if you open up Newsday, and if you watch some of the local news, you'll see on every one of those platforms, it's Governor Cuomo getting the nasal swab. Oh, isn't that a great video? Hey, we're a visual medium. No, (laughs) that's not good journalism. It's not good journalism from an integrity point of view. And just as importantly for some of these places, for some of these outlets, for example, Newsday, which is going out of business. I, I do not expect Newsday to be in business a year from now if things continue this way. I don't expect it to be in business six months from now if things continue this way. It might just be a website. Do these people not want to make money? Readership of newspapers trends older. Everybody knows this. Viewership of television news, even the jazzy mainstream news media cable news networks, trends older. People are, the average person watching a cable news network, whether it's Fox or MSNBC, is usually over 50. Talking about nursing homes, the people over 50 are either in a nursing home, if they're, if they're really over 50, right? Or they usually have a parent in a nursing home at that age. Very likely. This would be a money-making story. Whether it's Rachel Levine or Andrew Cuomo, you have Rachel Levine, the secretary of health of a major state that's been very heavily hit by the coronavirus, who has admitted to taking her own mother out of a nursing home to save her life, not for the, you know, the, the baloney reason that she gave us, but to save her life. That's why she took her out. At the same time, not allowing anybody else to do the same. Which really sounds like manslaughter or murder or whatever you want to call it. I will leave that to the legal ethicists. And you have a governor of the state of New York who said yesterday that the reason why it's okay that he confined these elderly people to nursing homes and didn't use the other resources that were at his disposal, like the USS Comfort or the Javits Center, where he could have spread out this situation. I don't mean spread the virus. I mean spread it away from the Petri dish, focal point, hot points of the nursing homes. He says the explanation was these are old people who were likely to die anyway. How is that not the lead story in our local news in New York? And my friends, again, this isn't just about stamping our feet about partisan stuff. I'm sick of that. This is about enabling bad and dangerous decisions, which is exactly what the news media has done. And on top of that, to put the the icing, the whipped cream and the cherry on top of that, they're making a decision that costs them money. People would click on a story like this. And again, for those of you who don't 
know a little, your, your biblical history that much, do me a favor. If you want to understand what it's about, about how people have to be held accountable, leaders need to be held accountable. Look at the book of Samuel. I'm just going to use the English words here. Look at the book of Samuel, first book of Samuel, chapter 8, and read what Samuel said about what kings and leaders will do if you allow them to go along, if you, if you allow them to, to take over without accountability. It's an ancient lesson, one that people should learn, and one that's the journalism community in this country is not learning much to their own, much to the detriment of their integrity and the detriment of their bank accounts. I'm Jake Novak. This has been Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'll speak to you again next week.